The following podcast is from Axe Church Leander in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe Church Leander can be found at axechurchleander.com. Uh, today's reading is from Psalm 1, uh, verses 1 through 6. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yield its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all he does he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. B-E-A, beautiful. Again, guys, it's awesome to be with you today. Uh, we're going to dive in with some prayer, and then we're going to go into our message. Heavenly Father, Lord, you're a good God. Uh, you're a God who uh, sends sun and a comfortable breeze. You're a God uh, who finds ways to interact with us, Lord, through your word, through relationships, through prayer. Lord, but not just to interact with us, to change us, to mold us, to draw us closer to who you are and, and who you have us to be. Lord, we say this all in your son's precious name. Amen. So we are in a series called Acts Like Jesus. Uh, and it is a double entendre, as, it, as in Acts Church Leander, we want to be like Jesus. Acts, as in we're actually going through our values and talking through how they shape us. But then also the very practical reality that Jesus wants you to act like him. Not, not to work your way to heaven, right? It's not building a stairway. It's not building a ladder that makes God love us. What we see clearly in Christ is that, no, he came down to us. He did the heavy lifting. He went to any lengths to have a relationship with you, not based on your own merit, but based off of his divine favor. And yet, that doesn't mean that, all right, he loves us, and that's the end of the story. Instead, because he loves us, he invites us to be disciples of him. And a disciple, at its most simple nature, in ancient times, meant someone who acts like, thinks like, lives like their teacher. And so Jesus tells his disciples that while a student will never be better than their teacher, when they are fully formed, they will be like them. And so these last few weeks, we've been talking about, well, how do we become like Jesus? How do we act like Jesus? How are we formed like Jesus? First week, we talked about Scripture and how Scripture is the breath of God which can direct us and guide us and shape us. Last week, AJ did a great job talking about how God uses all of our circumstances, the good and the bad, to shape us and mold us. God doesn't waste even the worst parts of our life, the hardest parts of our life. God does not waste brush strokes. And he uses those moments, those interactions, whether they're good or they're bad, to draw us closer to who he wants us to be. And then today, we're going to be talking about prayer and meditation. We're going to be using the Psalms, 
which is a book of prayers, a book of worship opportunities, where we communicate with God, and through that communication, we are shaped into his children. We are shaped into better disciples of who he wants us to be and how he wants us to act. And the book of Psalms is an interesting book for a lot of different ways. One, it's a book full of poetry. In fact, some of the most world-renowned poetry. Even people who don't believe in Scripture, who don't believe in God, can look at the book of Psalms and realize the level and the depth of the poetry in these 150 songs is beautiful. But it's not beauty just for beauty's sake. It's beauty with intention. And the history of the book of Psalms was when David, who wrote about 50% of them, was king. In fact, even before he was king, he was a poet. He was a musician. And so he would sing songs to God about who he was. And then he started to teach the people the songs when they would gather for worship. He would teach songs for moments of lament when there, when there was heartache in the world or heartache in a person's life. There were psalms for the family. And at this time in history, Judaism was mostly a oral religion. It was verbal. Most people couldn't read. They couldn't write. They didn't have uh, access to paper or pen. Certainly the printing press wasn't developed yet. And so they would memorize these psalms, and they would go to the temple, in David's time, the tabernacle, which would eventually become a physical temple, and they would sing. And they would remind themselves of the story of who God is and what God was doing in their life. But then tragedy struck. The Israelites had rebelled against God, rebelled against who God was and what God wanted them to do, and so God sent them into exile. Because there is a consequence to our sin. You know, so often when we think about sin, when we think about the brokenness of the world, we think about punishment. And while sometimes there is punishment for our sin, the deeper truth is it's not about that, it's about consequence. There's an equal and opposite reaction when we mess up God's plan. And the consequences of sin lead to all kinds of dark places, and it led to dark places for the early Jewish people. They were taken into exile. Their temple was destroyed. The physical place that they could go to, they no longer had access to. And that created a big problem. Because if you want to meet with God, if you want to know where God is, how do you get to him? And so the book of Psalms was created. They started to compile all of the worship music, all of the prayers of David and the other religious leaders, and they put them into the book of Psalms. And they would read them in exile, and it was a way to have the physical temple with them. It was a way to enter into this relationship with God, even though they couldn't go to this physical temple anymore. It was a way to communicate with God via poetry, via song, to again remember the story that they were caught up in, to believe in the God that they had and the God that was still working for them and through them. And so the book of Psalms 
This book of poetry was literally put together for a people in exile who were trying to commune with a god that they couldn't go to a physical location for. What's so powerful about the book of Psalms, though, is that no longer do we have to worry about a physical temple that we have to go to, a location. As excited as I am about getting back to indoor worship at 207 Sunny Drive, you want to know what God did not die for? 207 Sunny Drive. The most magical, majestic church you've ever been to. The 16th Chapel. Beautiful. Gorgeous. A testament to who God is, right? Tells the story of God literally in the ceiling. God did not die for a single brick in that uh, cathedral. You want to know what Paul says as the temple of God? In Ephesians, he tells the early church, but you now are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the stones that he joins together to create his church. And while God will not die for brick and mortar, he will die and sacrifice himself for you and for your children and for all who are far off and for all the Lord will call. Peter tells the church in Acts. And so we have this book of Psalms that's about entering into God's presence. But the beautiful thing is now we know that we carry God's presence within us. And so we have this book of prayers, of worship, of lament. Well, how do we use it? In fact, how do we communicate with God? If he's inside of me, if that's true, what does that look like? And, and prayer is something that is intimate for all of us, but it's one of those things that we really don't teach, right? It's hard to teach. What, what does it mean to talk to God? What does that look like? Is there a right way to do it? Is there a wrong way to do it? Not really. But there are ways to think about it that, for me, have been helpful. When we talk about this communication with God, I look at it through two lenses, Prayer being the time where I set the agenda. And meditation being the time where God sets the agenda. Prayer being where God, and I say, this is what's in my life right now. This is what I am struggling with right now. This is what's challenging me. Maybe someone's sick. Maybe there's a challenge at work or there's something going wrong with the house. And so I go before God, and I set the agenda. And that's okay, right? All of us in communication, there are times where we have to be the one communicating. But for the longest time in my relationship with God, I was always setting the agenda. It was always about me bringing my pleas to him, things that were on my radar. And God wants you to bring things to him. Like any good father, if you have a child who's hurting or scared or worried or happy, you want them to come to you and to celebrate with you or, or to ask you, is it going to be okay, right? You're a good parent. We want that for our children. We want that for any relationship that we're in. And yet, if I'm always the one setting the agenda, if it's always about what's on my heart, I become the center of the relationship. And whenever I am at the center of any relationship, sin comes in. Brokenness comes in. 
I, I start to distort the relationship and everything starts to revolve around me, which is the definition of sin, right? We put ourselves at the center of the story instead of God being the center. And then all of a sudden it makes sense that I might be mean to someone. Or when someone cuts me off, I'm indignant and my horn just goes for 15 seconds long because how dare you get in the way of me, the center of the universe, right? And so there is a second part of this communication. And again, for me, I frame it in meditation. And meditation is where I let God set the agenda. Where I become still. Where I allow space for him to speak into my life to where he's asking me to change. Or to lean into a relationship. Or to adjust. Or, or to repent, to turn from something. To see sin in my life and realize, you know what, God wants something better for me. And the Psalms are a great way to encounter that half of our relationship, our communication with God. Because while God can speak through other people, while God can speak when you're out in a beautiful sunny day, God's word is concrete. God's word is alive. And as we saw in the reading earlier in Psalm chapter 1, blessed are the righteous. Blessed are those who meditate on the law of God and allow that to form them and to shape them. Allow that to help them act like our master, like our Lord, like our Savior, Jesus. Because God wants us, in fact, God implores to a weak of a word. Quite frankly, God commands us to be righteous. But not self-righteous like the world, righteous like the biblical definition of right relationship with each other and right relationship with him. So as I was figuring out, okay, what does this look like today? I figured probably a good opportunity would be to actually just practice prayer and meditation. And we're going to do that through something called Praying Through the Bible. There is a book called Praying Through the Bible, aptly named, by Donald Whitney. And all of the Acts pastors, in fact, a lot of the Acts Church Network leadership, all read through this about two years ago. It's about a 50-page book with a really simple concept to read through scripture verse by verse and to pause as you go through each verse. And in pausing, to reflect, to pray, and to meditate and allow those words to guide wherever your thoughts go. If they go to, oh God, you know, I'm, I'm really wrestling with this, this sin or I'm really wrestling with this person, then, then pray about that. If your thoughts go to, oh... I see how this applies to this area, but then, then stay there for a little bit. But to use scripture to form how we communicate, to influence, to mold that relationship that we have with God together. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to use Psalm 4, 
So just a couple pages, probably on some of your Bibles, one page away from what we just read. But we're going to go through it verse by verse. So if you're at home, get comfortable. If you're here, get comfortable. I'm going to open up my Bible, and we're all going to spend a few minutes praying through Psalm 4 together. And again, think of it through two lenses. To pray, we set the agenda. God, this is what's on my heart. And then to meditate, to listen, to hear, God, God, what are you saying? What's the truth that you're trying to get into my life? This. And I'll read it out loud. We'll go through it. Feel free to read it in your uh, Bibles as well. But we're going to just set. We're going to be at peace. We're going to be still with the God that we have. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I'm not always good at being still. Uh, I like to keep moving. I like to keep entertained right there has to be some screen in front of me some next episode i have to watch but to be still with our god to set aside time to communicate psalm 4 verses 1 through the end Answer me when I call to you, O my righteous God. Give me release from my distress. Be merciful to me and hear my prayer. Lord, we know that often on a warm day, a cool breeze can be literal relief to our skin. Lord, we come before you asking for relief in the areas of our life where we are irritated or hurting, or where we need your spiritual breath to be a balm and a salt in our life. Verse 2. How long, O oh men, will you turn my glory into shame? How long will you love delusions and seek false gods?
And Father Lord, it's so easy in our own life to be deluded or to think that if we just have this next thing, Lord, whether it's financial or relational, whatever it is, Lord, if that thing finally comes, we'll finally feel secure, we'll finally feel good about ourselves or good about our world. Lord God, it's so easy to put our hope in false gods. Lord, we come before you now uh, repenting, turning from that idolatry, trusting in things, trusting in other powers other than you. Verse 3. Know that the Lord has set apart for him the godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call to him. live stream, everyone listening to it later, but they have all been set apart. Lord, that we give you praise. We give you thanks that you are a God who hears us when we cry. Lord, it can be so easy to feel like you don't hear us, that our concerns our challenges aren't worth your time or your energy or your attention. And yet, God, you are a good God who continually finds ways to to hear us and to move for us. Offer right and righteous sacrifices and trust in the Lord. Righteous choices for our neighbors and our friends and our family. Lord, help us sacrifice our own well-being to raise them up. Lord, not to make our own name known, but because we have a righteous God who died for us, who sacrificed for us, we pray that we can pick up our cross daily. Lord, to disadvantage ourselves, to advantage others. 
Lord, that when people ask why, we can give credit to who you are and what you're doing. Many are asking, who can show us any good? Let the light of your face shine upon us, O Lord. see the good in the world. It can be so easy to get caught up in all the negativity and all the hurt and all the injustice. And in that despair, Lord, it can be so easy to just give up hope that you are a good God. You are a God who constantly finds ways to show back up. Lord, let your light shine in our own lives, in our community, in our nation, and in our world. Verse 7, you have filled my heart with greater joy than when their grain and new wine abound. Lord, we have so much to be thankful for, so much beyond financial or physical rewards, Lord, for our families, for this church, for a community that we get to walk together with. Lord God, we give you thanks for being a good God who has good gifts for his children. And finally, I will lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, our Lord, make me dwell in safety. that transcends all understanding. A peace that allows us to sleep at night without having to worry about all the things that are, are out of our control. Because, Father, Lord, they're not out of your control. Lord, we give you thanks for being a God who 
puts us to bed every night with the promise that we are secure and wakes us up every morning with the reality that you have planned this day for us and for our children, for our community. Lord, that you have called us to be like you every breath of every day. Lord, that we may act like your son. Lord, and that being a disciple of him, we can give witness to who you are, a God who loves a broken world and is not done with us as individuals, us as a country, or even us as a planet. Lord, we pray that this week that we can experience you, that we can create time in our life to pray, to bring before you our challenges and our celebrations, but also to meditate, to allow your word to shape us. We say this all in your son's precious name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Acts Church Leander. If you would like to hear more, subscribe to this podcast and stay tuned for future messages. You can also follow us on social medias, on Facebook and on Instagram. And you can also find more information at axechurchleander.com. See you next time.